This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number nine of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. And as you can tell, I'm quite hyped today, man. Over this past weekend, one of my favorite teams, FC Barcelona, destroyed their rivals, Real Madrid, and what everybody knows around the world as El Clasico is one of the greatest sporting events. Even if you're not interested in football, you will actually watch it. And it's an amazing event, man. Like These two teams go at it. And yeah, Barcelona, <laughs> it looked more like a training game rather than an actual f- soccer game because Barcelona won 5-1. Man, shout out to Antonieta. <laughs> we smoked these boys. Yes, man, I love it. But let me start by saying this, though. It's not a beautiful day to talk sports if you happen to live in Cleveland. Why? Tyron Lue, former Cleveland Cavaliers coach, he got fired. Cleveland Browns coach, Hugh Jackson, he got fired. Uh... Obviously, LeBron James left, so there's nothing good going on in Cleveland right now other than Baker Mayfield. But, man, it's, it's just a terrible day to be a Cleveland fan, man. And, you know, I feel a little bad for them, but that's what happens in sports. When you don't perform, coaches, they let coaches go. That's what it is at the moment. But today, we have a lot to talk about. But it's under one underlying theme. Goats. No, not the animal. Just an abbreviation. Greatest of all time. And that's something I always wanted to talk about. And this week it actually triggered for me to talk about this. This past weekend rather. Because next week, Sunday Night Football, we have Tom Brady, which is considered by a lot of people to be the greatest quarterback of all time, versus Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers, which I consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And we're going to get into that. But we're also going to talk about the Boston Red Sox. Shout out to them for winning the World Series. And I must quote, and I would like to say, just like I said last podcast, I told you guys the Red Sox were going to make light work of the Dodgers. And that's what happened. And of course, we're also going to talk about Steph Curry and his ridiculously amazing shooting. Is he the greatest shooter of all time? I don't even know why this is a discussion, but to me, in my estimation, yes. But with no further ado... Let's just get right into it with what are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? This week in the marquee game, game of the week on Fox, we all got to see the Green Bay Packers versus the Rams. And I don't want to get into all the details. I just want to fast forward to the end of the game where we're talking, like I said, we're talking about greatest players of all time. And at the end of that game is what triggered me to absolutely change my entire context for this podcast this week. There's a situation where the Packers are down two points. The Rams kick a field goal. They're up. They're down two. I'm sorry. The Packers are down two. You know, they're supposed to get the kickoff. He's supposed to just take a knee, give Aaron Rodgers the ball so he can win you the game. Ty Montgomery, who happens to play for the Green Bay Packers, he was instructed, according to reports that I read on NFL.com, that 
He was supposed to take a knee in the end zone to play it safe to give Aaron Rodgers the ball. It's fourth down territory so they can win the game. They don't need a touchdown. They only need a field goal. Okay, they just need to get within field goal range. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, week one against the Bears, you saw Aaron Rodgers did. Week six against the 49ers, you saw Aaron Rodgers did in the fourth quarter. That's all you need to know. That's just a sample size this, this season, okay? Aaron Rodgers has been doing this practically his entire career. Just comeback after comeback after comeback. And this game, he didn't get that opportunity. And this is the point I want to get to. Everyone was saying that the Rams made a mistake by giving Aaron Rodgers two minutes, just like you do Tom Brady. If you're down or you're winning and you kick a field goal or you score a touchdown and you leave time on the clock for, in my estimation, the two greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Aaron Rodgers to me, the greatest quarterback of all time, you give them time, they'll beat you. And Ty Montgomery never gave Aaron Rodgers that opportunity. And... Quite frankly, he was very upset. And I'm I'm not against it. I would have been heated too. All you had to do, bro, was take a knee. So what are you talking about saying, oh, I'm going to do me? You cost your team a win, a potential win. Matter of fact, I'm I'm a thousand percent sure the Green Bay would have beaten the Rams. It would have been, they wouldn't have been undefeated anymore. Now, with all that said, why do I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time? And let me preface this also. Next week on Sunday Night Football, we are going to get to watch Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as Foxborough. And then for a night, we'll settle the debate as to who's the greatest of all time. But of course, one game doesn't settle anything. Yes, a lot of people say, well, Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl. He only been to one Super Bowl and Tom Brady has five Super Bowls. So that should just end the debate. Okay. Bill Russell has 11 championships. He has five more than Michael Jordan, but nobody says he's the greatest of all time. So what's your point? And I'm just saying all that for all you people who are going to be in my Instagram or my Twitter account. I know how it is. The day you guys, you guys have a good debate point for me, then we can talk about this. But for right now, let's focus on this. All right. Aaron Rodgers has a 4-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. Okay. The second closest <laughs> is like a 2.3 to 1. Okay, it's it's not even close. Aaron Rodgers has the best quarterback rating in NFL history. At the moment of me checking this, Aaron Rodgers QB rating is 105.3. Right. It's not even close. It's not even close. You hear Skip Bayless a lot talk about this on Fox Sports. You know, I like watching him because he says some crazy things. I mean, it's 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 enjoyable, entertaining. But just like everything else, they don't always give you full context. Yes, like I said, Tom Brady has five Super Bowls and Rodgers only has one. Granted, Tom Brady, though, plays with the greatest coach of all time. Who does Aaron Rodgers have as a coach? Mike McCarty? Really? The guy who doesn't know how to call timeouts or when to use his timeouts? Seriously? Um, have you seen the Green Bay Packers offense? It's all Aaron Rodgers. They have no, no diversity in their offense. Compare them to the Rams offense. You see how the Rams move around, motion, they run the ball. Even when they're not running the ball well, they still run the ball. They play the play action. They do all that. Green Bay's offense is predictable. You think New England's Patriots' offense is predictable? Okay, some of you might say, well, Aaron Rodgers never played. I mean, not Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady never played with a with a great wide receiver for his whole career. You're right. I'll give you that. The one season where he had a 
Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver in 2007, Randy Moss, and he had Wes Welker in the slot. Tom Brady broke almost all the passing records. But it still remains the point that he was still playing with Bill Belichick, one of the greatest defensive minds the NFLs have ever seen. Who was Aaron Rodgers have as the def- defensive coordinator? Dom Capers? Really? Tom Brady won five Super Bowls. He's been in the league what now? Almost going on 20 years. Okay? Tom Brady. Tom Brady has had a top 10 defense, even top 5 defense, six times in his career. Last time I checked. Aaron Rodgers had a top 10 defense one time in his career going to the playoffs. And the one time he had a top 10 defense, he won the Super Bowl. I want to hear anybody dispute that. Okay? You guys want to talk about this whole, oh, because you win a champ, you win a bunch of championships, that's it? That That's all that counts? Okay, it's just like the same debate where everyone says, oh, Mike, Michael Jordan is not the greatest playoff performer anymore because LeBron James passed him in total points. Sure, he passed him in total points because he played like a hundred and whatever games more than Michael Jordan. And matter of fact, Michael Jordan played in playoff series where the first round was five games. LeBron James has played in playoff series his entire career where first rounds were seven games. So he had the opportunity to play more games. But we're not going to go there. Let's just stick to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. All right. Everyone talks about how Aaron Rodgers' playoff record is so amazingly bad. It's five and six. Did you guys know? Again, context. Did you guys know that every playoff game that Aaron Rodgers had played in, he almost left the field all the time except for one with the lead and his defense gave up the W and Aaron Rodgers never saw the field again? Again, so when we make these comparisons about championships, we have to be very, very clear. And every sport is different. And basketball players have more of an outcome on a game than in football. In football, you're very dependent on your defense. Also, your defense dependent on your offense. The same I can say with this example. You guys remember the 2014 uh, Seattle Seahawks at the goal line? They had a yard to go. With 30-something seconds, so 35, 36 seconds, one timeout, they had the best running back in football, Marshawn Lynch, who just dragged the entire Patriots team for a six-yard run the play before, and the Seahawks passed the ball. You think if the Seahawks ran the ball, Tom Brady would have had a Super Bowl in 2014? Huh? Just think about that. He wasn't even on the field to affect the game. But yeah, sure, all we hear is, oh, well, Aaron, well, Tom Brady had like 120-some yards against the Legion of Boom and two touchdowns. Okay, but it was all up to the Seahawks to win the game. Tom Brady didn't do anything those last two minutes. So this whole idea that because you have a bunch of championships means you're better than than uh, the other player is nonsensical. Sure, you have a better outcome on games. You can impact games more. It's like me saying, well, Robert Ory has a better impact than Michael Jordan, and Robert Ory has seven championships. Michael Jordan only has six, so therefore, Robert Ory is better than Michael Jordan. That makes no sense whatsoever. Aaron Rodgers passes the ball better than Tom Brady. He's a better passer. He's a better runner. He's physically more gifted than Aaron Rodgers. He can stay in the pocket and throw. Aaron Rodgers on one leg is better than Tom Brady on two legs. So, this whole idea, again... For the ump time, I'm mentioning this. Not because he has more Super Bowls means he's better. Look at the entire context. Look at the teams he's played on. Look at what he has to deal with. Look at the teams he has to go through. All right? And then we can have this debate again. Mm-hmm.
that don't make any sense. I'm so a, in this week's edition of the I'm Confused segment, right? If we, if you've been watching the Sunday Night Football, just like most of us have been watching between the Saints and the Vikings, we saw during the commercial break that they played uh, a video that featured the great Michael Jordan. And he was talking about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for the preview of next week's Sunday night game between the Packers and the Patriots, right? And LeBron James later that night tweeted on the video and said, oh, my bad. I thought y'all were talking about, he was like, oh, never mind. We all know what LeBron was insinuating. The debate between him and Michael and who's the greatest of all time. I already told you guys from the beginning that's what we're going to talk about. And I was triggered about that too. Because this is one of those where, in my estimation, at least at least with the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you can definitively say, yes, maybe to most people Tom Brady is the greatest based on a lot of different criteria other than mine, obviously. But when it comes to this LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I don't even think it's even close. All right? And again, people talk about this and they have no context. They only mention stats as favorable to them, right? Let me just put this out there for some of you fans, newer fans of basketball. And of course, I know the old heads are listening as well. And they know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Listen here, man. Michael Jordan is considered the greatest, the greatest basketball player. Not because he has six championships. Because like I said, and like I've always been saying, Bill Russell has 11 championships, but nobody says he's greater than Michael Jordan or better than Michael Jordan because there's context to it, right? Michael Jordan is the greatest ever because when it mattered most, he never underperformed. Literally, never, never underperformed. Everyone want to look at the box score. People think, oh, you have to go 17 for 24 and go 10 for 10 from the free throw line and have 40 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. No, that's not how it goes. Right in game six, let me, let me just go back to 1998. Game six, clinching game. Michael Jordan only had one assist, he had 45 points, and his field goal percentage was like in the below 40. I think in the mid 40s, I believe, not below 40, but I think in the mid 40s. If you, if you didn't watch the game, you look at the box score, like, oh my gosh, Michael Jordan scored 40, he shot horribly. But what do people remember? That steal on Carmelo on that double team, and that. That iconic crossover, which to this day people still debate whether it was a foul or not, an offensive foul. Nevertheless, great shot by Michael. Previous, previous to that, he had a free throw. Then he scored an inbound layup. And then he got a steal and then he closed it out. Again, why do I say this debate between him and Michael, LeBron and Michael is not even a thing? Aside from me just mentioning that 98 finals between the Bulls and the Jazz Jordan never lost in the NBA finals Michael Jordan never went to a game 7 in an NBA finals Michael Jordan never averaged not score he never averaged averaged less than 22 points a game in any NBA finals so I can refresh your memory for some of the new guys with the old heads this is just you know speaking to the choir 1991, they played the Los Angeles Lakers. Michael Jordan won that series with a home court advantage, 4-1. to one. He averaged, I think it was in the, in the high 30s, I think it was a 35, 
averaged 11 assists. Oh, they said Michael couldn't pass like LeBron. Okay, when Michael had to, he did it. There's a difference between doing it all the time and having to do it. It's what system you're playing. Michael played in a system where you don't dominate the basketball. It was all about ball movement, just like the Golden State Warriors today. If you want an example. If you've never seen the Bulls play back in the 90s, I, I urge you to go on YouTube and see how they play. 1992, Chicago Bulls played the Portland Trailblazers. Again, Michael Jordan had home court advantage. Series tied, 2-2, Game 5 in Portland. This is the time still where series will play Game 1 and Game 2 at the home team and then Game 3, Game 4, Game 5 to, to, the, uh, to the team who didn't have home court advantage. That's how it was back in the day. So technically, if the series is tied 2-2, the, the team that didn't have home court advantage would have home court advantage. Game 5 in Portland, Michael Jordan near triple-double won the game. Game 5 won the Game 6, closed it out in Chicago, 1993. MVP, Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, one of the greatest shooters of all time. The Phoenix Suns had home court advantage. Right? Michael Jordan, to this day, that's the highest scoring NBA Finals of all time. (laughs) Michael Jordan, game four, 55 points. 55 points. He was just driving the ball to the basket. He was just destroying the Suns. The Suns was having an amazing game. Michael Jordan willed his team to victory. At the end of the day, Chicago won that series in Phoenix. Game 6, Michael Jordan scored all 9 points in the quarter for Chicago until that 3-pointer. Alright? So that's the first 3-peat. Michael Jordan retires. And then the Houston Rockets get a chance to win 2 championships. That's to show you how great Michael Jordan was. Because, yes, when Michael Jordan retired... That one year to go play baseball, the Bulls still won 55 wins. They still won 55 games, rather. And we don't know never what would have happened if it wasn't for that one blown call in the semifinals, in the Eastern Conference semifinals, where the Bulls could have made it to the to the Eastern Conference finals. We will never know. But my point remains is, Michael Jordan retired, another team got a chance to win. And I'm going to get to another point as to why Michael wasn't good. And I'll get to that. But let's just fast forward. Two years after that, 1996, Michael Jordan comes back to the Chicago Bulls. They go 72 and 10. 72 and 10. All right. They beat the Seattle Supersonics. Matter of fact, that series was 3 0. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen dominate game three. 3 0. The Sonics at the time won two games in a row. Came back. Game six, Michael Jordan closed it out. Game six and Chicago. That wasn't one of his greatest series, but that's the series he averaged about like 22 points because the Sonics were just great defensively and they had defensive player of the year, Gary Payton. 1997, Chicago Bulls played the Utah Jazz. Do I have to remind you guys, iconic MJ flu game? All right. So so what am I getting at here? And I already mentioned the 1998 finals. Michael Jordan, the steal, the iconic crossover ends the series. My point is Michael Jordan dominated when it matters. He has a better PER lifetime than LeBron James. Everyone says, oh, advanced analytics said that LeBron James was better. Um, Newsflash, advanced analytics, when it wasn't available at the time, because it wasn't available in Michael Jordan's time. Advanced analytics proved that Michael Jordan was still better than LeBron James in every statistical category. Something else I need to educate people on. 
Not because someone doesn't do it mean they can't do it. Everyone says Kobe couldn't pass the ball. Not that Kobe couldn't pass the ball. Kobe didn't have to do it all the time. But when Kobe was required to do so, he he was the best passer in the game. There was a stretch in Kobe's career for two months. He averaged 12 assists because he had to do it. The teams LeBron has been on, it requires him to play that way. It requires him to have the ball all the time. That's why his numbers are the way they are. Again, I'm not saying LeBron James is not great. I'm not saying LeBron James is not who he is. I'm not saying LeBron James is not great in any era. My point is, if he played in an era with Michael Jordan, I don't think he would have been as great because Michael Jordan would have dominated him in every aspect. That's who Michael was. Michael didn't give you chances. You think Michael would have scored a total of eight points in four quarters in an NBA Finals? You think? No, we know. He never did and never will. Six for six NBA Finals, six MVPs. Again, just in the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers debate, it's not just all about the championships. Look at Michael Jordan's playoff scoring averages. He he averaged 30 points for his career in a regular season and then averages like 33 in the playoffs. Like, what else do you want? But yet, we're going to sit here and talk about, oh, we have advanced analytics and advanced analytics said that LeBron James is just a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Okay. If you want to follow advanced analytics, then you're going to end up with a 3-6 and six NBA Finals record just like LeBron James. Look what analytics did to the LA Dodgers. The Red Sox just played baseball. The Dodgers went behind analytics. And they lost. Destroyed. There's the eye test and then there's stats. Stats help you to visualize the game. But then when you watch it with your eyes, you can just tell who's better. And Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. And this debate shouldn't even continue. It's just over. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Ah, in this week's edition of Stat of the Day, the number is six. You guys remember a couple episodes ago, I talked about teams in the Major League Baseball that won 100 games and how many of them have won the World Series? Well, Let's start by saying this. Congratulations again to the Boston Red Sox for winning their ninth overall World Series championship. 97 teams in MLB history have won 100 plus games and only 35 of them have won the the World Series to this point. And the number six, you just got to add the Boston Red Sox. And you want to know why six if 35 won? Well, I started counting from 1985 when I was born. Since 1985, when I was born, only five teams that won 100 games have won the World Series. And now the Boston Red Sox add to that number. Hey, I got to give props what props is due. They won against the odds. Again, statistics tell a story. And statistics give you an overall foundation for you to understand what's going on. But it doesn't give you the full context. Everyone that saw... That World Series just knew the Red Sox was just head and shoulders above the, the LA Dodgers. The LA Dodgers, you know, gave them a run here and there, but there was no real threat to the Red Sox. The Red Sox offense was just one of the greatest offenses in MLB history, according to statistics. I mean, they won a total of 118 games. This Red Sox team is considered the greatest Red Sox team of all time. 
and statistically it's proven. I mean, their hitters one through nine are just amazing. The Yankees who bat very well too, they couldn't keep up with them. <laughs> they they just couldn't keep up with them, and and the, it was the Astros who won a hundred and how much? How was it? One hundred and four, one hundred and five games. They couldn't keep up with with the uh, with the Red Sox. The Red Sox destroyed them as well. You just knew coming into this World Series, it was just a matter of okay, is this going to be a sweep or is this going to be a five or six game series? And I was right. The Red Sox handled their business. And once again, congratulations to the Red Sox on an amazing season. Congratulations to all their players for putting out this output for your team to enjoy your championship. And let's see what you do again next year. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. Yeah, man. So earlier we talked about this whole debate between MJ and LeBron, and we talked about uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. This part of the keeping it in context, man, I just want folks to understand what is really going on in the NBA right now. The first two weeks of the season is very early, but one thing is very clear and has been clear for the past three, four years that Stephen Curry is on a mission, and Stephen Curry, just like every other great player, Sets himself above and beyond everyone else. With that, I'm saying is that Stephen Curry has proven in his first two weeks that he's the greatest shooter the NBA, the basketball world has ever seen. Now, people might say a shooter is a person that catches the ball and just shoots. You know, he doesn't need help. Well, actually, no. If you see in NBA history, most of the great shooters, they all would need help. Help meaning they need to get a screen set for them. They couldn't necessarily take everyone off the dribble. Steve Kerr is one of the greatest shooters ever, but he couldn't take anybody off the dribble. Ray Allen, he's, I would say, top five shooter of all time, along with Reggie Miller, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson. But two guys in that list, they separate themselves, which is Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. But Steph Curry, above and beyond everyone, including his teammate, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson might be a, a more pure, he has probably a more pure stroke. But Stephen Curry just had the smoothest, most lethal weapon in basketball, man, ever. For the main fact that Stephen Curry can take you off the dribble. He has handles like Steph Curry, and he can take you off the dribble and shoot. And that's why it's so hard to defend him. And that's why it's amazing to see him shoot the basketball at the rate he does and the conversion percentage that he has on those three-pointers. Steph Curry doesn't shoot the regular three-pointer. He's like two, three feet behind the line. He makes you think about it. Steph Curry invented the, hey, let's press this man full court because we don't want him to get a shot off. And even so, he does get a shot off. And that's what makes Steph Curry the greatest shooter ever, in my estimation. Because he has that ability to take you off the dribble. As a defender, you don't know when he's just going to pull up. Because you don't want him to blow by you. Get an easy bucket or pass it off to Clay Thompson who hit you with a three or Kevin Durant for that matter or throws it up a lot for Draymond Green. You don't want that to happen if you don't have good side help. But at the same time, you don't want to get embarrassed and be on Sports Center for this man shooting a 30 footer in your face. And the thing is, back in the day, you would say, oh yeah, just let him take a 30 footer, the percentage of him making it. All right, so I looked up this statistic, right? Stephen Curry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stephen Curry, all right, from 25 to 30 feet out, 
This man is shooting 41.3%. Okay, 41.3%. You know how ridiculous that is? You know how ridiculous that is? Just put this in context. You were considered a great, matter of fact, not even great. You were considered a good three-point shooter if your percentage was like 35, 36% from the three-point line. Just just a regular three-pointer, 25 feet out. Stephen Curry is making 25 and 30 footers at a 40% clip. That's better than 98% of people shooting three-pointers. Do you guys understand how ridiculous that is? Do you guys understand how crazy that is? Stephen Curry, man. Stephen Curry is just on another level, and I don't understand why people still debate whether he's the greatest shooter of all time. Let me just pull up another stat for you. The other night, Stephen Curry had 51 points, right? And he made, I think it was 11 or 12 three-pointers, right? That was Stephen Curry's sixth career game with 11 or more three-pointers. No other player in NBA history has more than one such game. Okay? Stephen Curry has six of those where he scored 11 threes in a game. And no other player has more than one. All other players in NBA history have seven combined such games. <laughs> okay? Seven combined in NBA history. And Stephen Curry have six of those by himself. So this idea, right, that we still debate whether Reggie Miller, Ray Allen... Uh, um, John Paxson, uh, Steve Kerr is in the same caliber as Stephen Curry. It's it's laughable to me. This shouldn't even be a debate. And then Stephen Curry, for that matter, let me just add on. Let me just pile it on. If it's a, if this discussion have already hasn't ended, let me just pile on to this. All right, Stephen Curry last night, as of this recording, on Monday, October 29th, Stephen Curry they just played. The Brooklyn Nets. Stephen Curry had seven three-pointers. He scored 35 points. Right? He broke another NBA record. He has seven straight games where he scored five or more three-pointers. Nobody else in NBA history has done that. Let me give you one other stat. If Stephen Curry sits now for 10 straight games... For whatever reason, let's just say for whatever reason, he's injured. Uh, they want to rest him for 10 straight games. If Stephen Curry just doesn't play the next 10 games, he's still on pace to break his own three-point total record, which is at 400-plus three-pointers. He's on pace to break that by 50 three-pointers. But yet, I still hear people talking about whether Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, these guys are in Stephen Curry's class. No, nah, man. This whole episode is about goats, and Stephen Curry is the goat shooter. It's just not close at all. Ah, oh, man, that was fun, man. I was triggered that entire episode. I love debating about greatest players of all time. It's just in my genes, man. I just love it. Anyway, guys, you know, I appreciate all the support. I appreciate all the, you know, all the texts, all the phone calls, you know, all the Instagram posts, all the Twitter tweets, you know, all the tweets, rather. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean but you know I appreciate all that guys for all the new listeners if you haven't subscribed yet you know where to do it wherever platform you're listening on Spotify Google Play tune in just search Statman Sports Podcast and also guys remember there's a store you can go on store.statmanpodcast.com we sold a bunch of t-shirts so I appreciate that and uh, we're gonna have hats available soon so if you wanna purchase one of those just you know go on our Facebook page or Instagram page and you'll see 
when those will become available. But for right now, Statman signing out. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.